Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo, my lovelies, and welcome to another episode here at the Sacred Icon Halo Show. When we talk all things Halo, my god. That's right, guys, we're back like a butt crack, straight dizzy style again with episode 52. I'm your co-host, Jovial Joshua Hargis. Happy as always to be here. A little groggy, but otherwise feeling great. And joining with me is my buddy, my pal, my friend, ladies and gentlemen, your host, Mr. Brian Arvett. Brian, what's up, man? How you doing on this man. this chilly, this chilly, chilly morning? Josh, you got more pep in your step than I do. I'm just Josh, I'm like, Josh is over here like, wake me up before you go, go. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I get out of bed um, and it's like that opening scene from Zoolander. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Josh, before we get into the content, I don't want to forget. No. Hit me up with the sound <laughs> of Jeff Easterling of 343 Industries announcing that he is leaving 343 to join popular rock band Nickelback. Give me the response from fans. Oh, the response from fans? Yeah, that uh yeah, that Jeff's leaving 343 to go be on Nickelback. Jeff, how could you? I thought I knew you. I thought you would never do such a thing. I thought you would never stoop so low. Nickelback. You were at 343, you were at the top of the chain. Now you're just at the bottom of the totem pole. Oh, Jeff. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the heck? And you know what Jeff's response is? He just stares at you. He looks at you right in your eye and he goes, Look at this photograph. <laughs> uh, like he's replacing the main singer of the yeah. Chad, yeah. was it? Chad, yeah, Chad Kroger. You know, it's funny. The, the reason I remember that is because when Spider Man came out in 2002. Yep. And it was Chad Crozer and Josie Scott did that song "Hero." In my head, I was like, "Oh, it's Nickelback and Saliva." But yep. the song specifically would credit it's Chad Kroger and Josie yeah. Scott. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that feeling when I finish Spider Man One and it plays that song. Oh I feel God! Same with Spider Man Two and it plays "Vindicated." Oh, yep. God. Spider Man One and Two are God tier, better Man. than the whole MCU. Damn. For me. Yeah. But no, uh, <laughs> um, hopefully Jeff Easterling never leaves. And by the way, guys, I don't think we hate Nickelback because I grew up liking No, them. I actually like some songs with Nickelback. Wouldn't it be funny, though, if when Jeff joined, they became Nickelback and the Easterlings? Ooh, <laughs> I like that. That sounds kind of yeah. cool. Some some yeah. bands have those, like, additives to them. Uh, and they're pretty neat. I like that. Josh, like, let's, dive off this, let's dive off this diving board into the deep, deep waters of this week's Halo news. What do, what do we got, Josh? Oh, buoy, man. We have 
got to talk about this shader controversy thing. I have dun, dun, never. Dun. Okay, is, is whether I've been a fly on the wall or whether I've been a part of doing Sacred Icon Halo with you, I have never seen something. I've never seen a community react this negatively for Halo at something, even more so than I mean, what we saw with the campaign reveal. I've never seen this reaction blow up. It seems it's bigger than like Sprint being in the game. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't quite get it 100%. Um, it, feels, it feels like it's, for this kind of reaction, it seems too minor. But uh, Josh, I want to let you go first because I feel like we both have a lot to say. And I know once I get rolling, I'm be, I'm be rolling more quicker than Roland. Which doesn't take much. <laughs> By the way, Brian, uh, every time we go in to do our recording guys, we each have, we choose a little name. Uh, that's sort of our designation for when he does the mixing later on. Mine is Five Figure Butt Punch. But Brian, no, no, no is, wait. Is is a five finger butt punch? Are you, is your is your fist clenched or are all five fingers pointed out to get maximum length? It uh, I flip a coin like two face. So okay, it just kind of depends. That makes sense. But uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, Brian's is Squadcast, which is the program we use. Squadcast is Roland <laughs> because it was not Ro- Roland is another term. Like if you look in the dictionary, if you look at Roland, it goes other uses for this word, i.e., garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, go back to Crimson Skies, you little pilot. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. This, uh, I'm really disappointed in the Halo community as a whole, seeing the reaction that happened that's with how, this. That's how I feel, yeah. Um, I know, for the record, guys, I, I don't think I've seen so many tweets and stuff like that. and I don't think I've seen anyone in our community react super negatively. Obviously, like there's a lot of us that don't like, like it or anything like that, but... <sighs> I uh I've just never seen a reaction like this over something so seemingly I, I don't know it just doesn't seem like it's going to be a big make or break thing about the game. I guess for me I I'm trying to look at this from every perspective and I'm going to get into that. But it's just like you know when people got upset about the graphics it's like one part of me understood because okay this is aesthetics, you know this is the visuals. If someone got upset about like a voiceover or a story plot beat or something to do with the multiplayer, you know, it's a little bit more understandable. But I, what this really like brings me to is, I think we're all, and I hold myself to this too, we're all in this terrible, obsessive state with Halo. Like, and it's really like counterintuitive. Yeah. And really bad for us. And what I mean by that is, you know, like, I've got other interests and other hobbies. I know we all do. But I think some of it's not our fault. Like, some of it's because, you know, we were expecting the game come, to come out and it got delayed. And now we're, like, having to deal with this sort of echo chamber of all this stuff that was supposed to be coinciding with it. And sort of feeling that excitement for a game that's not coming out, you know, and Shadows of Reach and all this stuff. Well, at the same time, though, it's like... We are so obsessive with this stuff that every time the most minimal thing gets released, we jump on it and dissect it, and like it comes under the most scrutiny. Like, and it's just, it's like, it's like, honey, I shrunk the kids, and the kids are, you know, that all the news is the kids, and you got the damn magnifying glass that's looking in, and it, it burns and it hurts, and it's like, I don't know, I feel so bad for three four three because here they had to deal with. 
revealing the game and the feedback that came from that. I'm not saying that's unjustified or justified. I'm just saying like it's still got to be hard to deal with the negative feedback because they were excited to show that. Then Shadows of Reach comes out, and for a couple days, everything is right in the Halo community, and yeah. everyone is excited. Everyone is enjoying the book, and it's just this is what everyone just kind of needed was something new and fresh that was actually fun. And then boom. Shader controversy. Everyone's upset again and back to being negative at 343. And uh, it just sucks. You know, it. I we're so obsessed and all this stuff falls under so much scrutiny that we can't even just take a step back. And I, I think we're just kind of like caring too much in some ways about some of these aspects to be so strongly opposed to such things. I mean, you can tell in the Waypoint article that this stuff is revealed on. Like, I can't remember who, I don't know if it was Unshek or, or who actually made the post, but they said that this is not how they originally, like, planned to reveal this stuff. And I don't know if their hands are, I don't yeah, I don't know if that means that if their hands are tied because they have to kind of start promoting some of this stuff because of the promotions that are out, you know, and then originally before the game got delayed, they planned to show off the multiplayer first. I don't know. I mean, that's all speculation, but obviously this is not how they wanted to introduce this stuff. And we haven't even seen the multiplayer yet. And on top of it, they didn't... I mean, they've gone... They've, uh, Unishek has elaborated a little bit more now on Twitter. And I know it's eased some people's minds. But I'll pass it over to you for now because I still have a lot I can say. But uh, overall, I'm just disappointed to see people kind of like hot take jump on this already. Yeah, I think there's, there's many different ways we're going to take this conversation. But I think... Uh, the one that we're, I think it's pretty obvious. Josh and I are more interested in looking inward at the the people uh, than than the actual controversy. Like I, we're more interested right now in kind of dissecting why people act this way than we are um, what's actually happening. And I think the first, and I'm going to get to other angles to approach this from, but the first angle that I approach it from, and I know some people probably roll their eyes at this, but like. I, I'm looking at it first and foremost through the scope of, of, of life. And I'm like, this is such a non-issue in life. It's such a trivial thing. I mean, we're talking about a method of applying color to your armor in a game that hasn't come out yet on Twitter or, or on or, or Halo Waypoint, wherever you access the information. Um, it It's just not... While, and I'm getting to it, but like while there is room to not like the idea and to be frustrated with the idea, that's that's a normal thing. That's okay. Um, none, none of it warrants any kind of hysteria or any kind of, um, you know, I saw a post that someone was crying about it, like literally broke down in tears over because they weren't mm-hmm. able to represent their character anymore mm-hmm. um, the way they like. Um, there's a petition already against this, and it's, I mean, every post that anyone from 343 makes now, people go in the comments and are talking about codings instead of the, the thing that the tweet was actually about. Um, to me, it just it reeks of a lot of immaturity there, and I, I think that, as like I said, first first and foremost, the angle that I'm approaching this from is just, you know, life, like this is not an issue. Like this is really not an issue in life. So I, I think a lot of people should maybe like back up and, and, and take a look around for a second and go, wait a minute, this isn't just, this isn't real life here. Yeah, exactly. Reassess. Now 
The other angle, now that I've got that out of the way, is of course, you know, I'm sure many of you already knew that and were plenty mature enough to know that. You didn't need me to say that. Um, so just referring to us as fans looking into new Halo information, uh, it's normal for us to, as fans, to be excited for every little detail and to make our judgments on it. Like that, that's that's normal. Um, so I think it's fair to not like this uh, shader idea, but we don't actually know how it's going to be implemented. We haven't seen the options. And now it's very possible that we won't like that when it comes out, but the, the it, some people on Twitter have already made it, have already spelled this out, but like these things are already baked into the engine. These things are already done. Um, there's already marketing deals with, you know, Nabisco or whatever other brands have, have their own shaders. GameStop has a shader. Um, so even if 343 immediately said we made a mistake and they wanted to change the entire system, it wouldn't happen now. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't happen till after launch because they're going to try to get the game out the door. I don't think that I don't think it would ever happen because I, I think that uh, a developer makes their decisions and they stick to them most of the time. And I, I think that's usually a good thing. Even if the decision's not good, I think it's usually good that the developer stands behind it, you know. Um, so I, it's not going to be... If it was going to be changed, it's not going to be anytime soon, and we haven't seen enough of it to make an accurate um, conclusion about it anyways. Um, and there's just, you know, on one hand, they're a company, and they're trying to sell a product. And if, if you look at it from that perspective, yes, you know, they're not... The people who make Halo aren't angels that are our saviors who are doing something super nice for us. Like, it's not like the people at 343 are, are, it's not like Josh is crafting me a gift for my birthday. You know, that's not what it is. It's business. So in some regards, yeah, you, you do have a little more leeway to, to share your opinion and be uh, critical because they are a business. But on the other hand, they are also real people working on a series that they love and trying to, you know, they're not only trying to make decisions for the fans, for themselves, for the other developers at the studio, for Microsoft, for marketing deals. All of this has to, there's a million different wheels turning at once. And all of it has to come out this tiny pinhole at the end as a complete game. It's a good point you bring up because this is the first Halo game that's coming day one on Game Pass. The multiplayer is confirmed to be free. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this is going to be it's going to include some kind of microtransactions with it. I can't really fault them for trying to do a little something like that. I mean, mm -hmm. I get why people didn't like its implementation in Halo 5, more so because of how it was all random. You know, it wasn't like you could actually kind of like work toward a specific when you wanted. Totally fair, yeah. totally understand that. But I didn't blame them at least for doing the microtransactions in that, despite not liking microtransactions, because all the DLC was going to be free, you know, all the updates and stuff. To not segregate the community. So there's got to be some kind of balance there. I mean, we can't get this game day one on Game Pass. More or less kind of get it for free with a subscription. We can't get the multiplayer for free regardless if we have the subscription or not. And kind of not expect to, to have some some of these things that they got to have to maybe balance it. And you know what, guys? I mean, I, I, I am... Brian and I are definitely going to try to look at this, you know, play devil's advocate and try to look at this from the other uh, point of view. But 
I think you'll agree. If they're going to implement some kind of thing like that, I'm fine with it coming down to just the caller options because that's not going to affect my gameplay. Mm-hmm. That's not going to affect my story. Um, I'm not being, I'm not missing out on anything, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the thing, it, the, the truth here is the marketing and the industry has changed a lot since we were, you know, like I've mentioned before, if you look at the demographic of the people in the Halo community, the people who listen to our podcast, it's, it's usually like 20 to 40. So, uh, you know, some people on the younger side, of course, but like a lot of people grew up like when we did, you know, 90s, 2000s with you buy your $60 game, it either has no patches or no add-ons at all, or it has a slight little something, something that doesn't matter. Little but the industry, something, baby. Little something, something. Uh, but the industry today, look, like you just look around, it's not the same. The, the biggest games that are being talked about are Apex, Fortnite, Among Us, Fall Guys, um, these games that are free to play but have monetization thrown in. Yeah, battle and, passes know. and stuff. You look at how Master yeah. Chief has now kind of done that with their seasons. Yeah, like, you know, little things, little incentives. So it's like they get their their audience is immediately astronomically bigger than if it paid you had to pay $60 to play it. But now there's options for people to, to spend money there. So... Um, there's there's a level of which this is just industry standard nowadays and I, I understand if you don't like you don't like that I mean I don't I mean to be fair if I take a step back I mean I don't really like it I, I don't I don't really want to when I was a kid you know you got a Spider-Man game and you had 12 costumes that you could unlock by playing the game oh, we actually got that just recently <laughs> yeah know, just so I can again that's we can understand like to be clear like I don't think Brian and I really hold a candle either which side I think we're indifferent but it's just crazy seeing how overwhelmingly negative yeah, this has been received and the, and the vitriol that's come out of it. To make a to make a flat statement before we like say any more kind of down different roads, like the flat statement is here, it is okay and it is valid for you to not like the shaders, hundred percent, and it's also okay for you to voice that. But in my opinion, I won't speak for Josh; he can back me up or he can say he feels different. I'll back you up like a buck rack. Uh, in my opinion, it is wrong. And it is immature to do some of the things that people have been doing, whether it's, um, um, you know, berating every tweet every 343 person makes that's with off topic about the coatings, whether it's um, making tweets or statuses or posts about how greedy and awful everyone there is. Like, there's a point where you go from voicing your concern to now being a butthead. And if you're being a butthead, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's right. There's other ways to do it, and honestly, um, speaking from, and I know it's not the same as a 343 developer, but speaking as a content creator uh, of, of, you know, I don't respond well to people. I do respond really well to criticism. I do. I go, actually, Josh and I can recall a time where someone said to us, like, in the, one of the first 10 episodes, they're like, you guys kind of droned on for 45 minutes about all of uh, just the little news over the week and you weren't, you know, it wasn't really you guys doing your thing. It was more just kind of reading off a bulletin mm-hmm. point. And of course, when you hear that, you go, you're, you're, you're sad that you disappointed someone. But Josh and I were like, you know, that makes sense. And we, we adjusted. We never did that again. We never, we never just spent an hour reading off news and, you know, so constructive criticism is great. Um, but if someone just tells me like your guys' podcast is ass, you know, like, well, how do I work? And not the that? fun kind to be clear. 
No, not the fun. No. <laughs> like, how do I work with that? You, you, you've only, you, you know, you could say, oh, Brian and Josh have no personality. Uh, these guys, they sing stupid songs. Uh, man, <laughs> man, man, they're annoying. How do I work with that? I mean, all you've done is tell me that you're not a fan. I mean, I, to me, you're just lo- a lost cause at that point. So just be respectful. I mean, there's never an excuse to not be respectful. That's how I see it. Yeah, I mean, you know what, guys? I, I'm not going to pretend I'm any better than, than some of this stuff. Because, I mean, going as far back as December of last year, just like a week or two before Rise of Skywalker came out, and everything leaked, and, and people, yeah, bullet point list of everything that happened. I'm sitting up uh, at work in my break, uh, in the break room, and I'm reading this stuff. And you want to know what my reaction was, guys? I literally sat there, and I got up and walked out of the room, and I went, fuck this. I was so pissed in that moment. I was so upset and ridiculously immature about it. But I was so impacted by this. And I'm thinking, this is how you conclude this. And this is going this way and this is going that way. And I'm like, well, this sounds cool. But I'm like, why are they doing this? And this can't be real. And going through all these different things, it was my my hot take gut punch reaction. And I calmed down. But it was admittedly incredibly immature. And that was just less than a year ago. So See, we're not we're not speaking from our high horse. We're speaking from experience. Uh, we've talked yeah. about it here before. How like Josh has mentioned how how I reacted when I first played Halo Five Story. I was just like Halo's ruined. I'm done. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that, that's, exactly. You know? you know. So I don't know. On one hand, look to play devil's advocate. I can understand in one sense. You know, when it comes to something like the shader system, something like Destiny, I didn't like it in general. Now, I'll tell you right now, even though, in just in my opinion, speaking personally, I think Destiny 2 is a much better game, despite a lot of what I see. One of the things I can clearly see from people's perspectives is the shader system is vastly superior in the first game. Because in the second game, it's shaders are applied individually to each pretty much body part, you know, more or less. And that's a little bit more, if, from their point of view, it's giving you more options, more player agency to to create different colors that you want and, and really add some flavor. But for us, it just says, oh, shit, if we like this whole red set, this, you know, of, of shaders, we got to get all of them. And how do we get this one? Oh, we can earn this by going to do these lost sectors or we got to go grind do, doing this. It sucks that you have to get all that. On top of it, it's then used as a way of currency for the Eververse, you know, and you kind of got to go through there maybe to get some of them and stuff like that. And it just... It sucked, whereas in Destiny 1, you kind of just got it, and it was the whole package, boom. So I get, even though this is somewhat similar, somewhat different, I, I can understand why that's a little bit frustrating because, you know, it was just the color stuff was just so simple, and people really liked that. In one sense, I think 343, like I said, they've got to do something, guys, you know, for what they're giving us. The multiplayer's free. Everything's coming on Game Pass day one. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of people aren't even going to buy this at a $60 package. I mean, we're all listening to this thinking, we're going to buy the big edition. We're going to buy a limited if they do it. We're going to buy a big collector's edition and all that shit. Well, there's a lot of people out there that aren't us, and they're, they're not going to do that. So they got to look at ways that they can kind of adjust, too. It's not like they're not going to make money through Game Pass, but, you know, that's still that's still a lot of people playing their game that's not going to be playing it through a $60 purchase. So... How do you accommodate for that? Well, then maybe you can do something like the colors. Because, look, they took the feedback, obviously, from the uh, sort of armor unlocks and all that shit from Halo 5. And people didn't like that. People people seem to like the idea of it, but not its execution. So now they're saying there's this, you know, and there's different ways you can customize that. And I mean, for me, look, some of that sounds kind of fun. You know, I almost feel like I'm going to get, like, uh, tomatoes thrown at me for saying that. But, like, no. some of that seems kind of fun. I mean... 
you know, Brian's someone who that stuff, the unlocks, the different armor stuff typically doesn't matter to him as much. If he's going to play multiplayer, he just wants to play it and have fun, you know, and there's that side. And then someone like me who plays competitively, well, I will enjoy the overall multiplayer experience more when I have an armor and look that feels like me, you know, not because I think other players are going to see me and go, whoa, he looks cool. When they're shooting me, they're not going to give a shit that I got a green leg, you know, that's not going to matter. Yeah. But for me, it's going to make me, it's it's like, like you. it's like guys when you, you clean your room, you clean a house and it feels so much more clean that you feel like you can enjoy whatever you do now because the environment around you is a bit more peaceful and tranquil. You feel, you feel a sense of, of peace, uh, inner peace with it. And that's what I, I would want with that. Uh, but the idea of being able to have the differentiations and stuff like that could be cool. I could have my own headcanon like, oh, this is Spartan 029 Joshua. And he survived Reach, you know, and like yeah. this is his battle damaged arm and this is blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I mean, I know that stuff sounds silly and, and maybe I'm just looking too much into it to justify it. But, you know, I just think of all things to get upset about. This isn't worth it, guys. This is not where we should sort of like really plan our feet and really get upset yeah. over this kind of thing. Like, obviously, like Brian said. You know, it's good to give feedback if you don't like it. That's totally valid. And they deserve to hear that kind of thing because it may adjust stuff. I mean, we didn't like Halo 5 story for the most part for a lot of us. And, you know, I think Halo Infinite so far is a representation of them having listened or at least having trying to show that they've listened. Mm -hmm. So it's important to voice that stuff. It's not saying mute yourself. It's just pick your battles. You know, I think really, I mean, that's my takeaway. And again, it's, we're not saying this to you guys for those listening. It's just, it's everyone in yeah. general. It's even myself. It's reminding myself because, you know, I see this stuff and we all feel a certain way. We all react a certain way. And like I said, when I read, when I saw that stuff for Rise of Skywalker, I reacted how I did. And that was just ridiculous. Am I, I love the movie, but I still don't like the fact that it's the ending. I still don't like certain aspects of it, but mm -hmm. I've had to become respectful about that because I don't want to be those kind of people. I want to be self-aware as, as to not be that and then to acknowledge faults and things I don't like, but still talk about it respectfully. Yeah, for me, it's it's all about coming to terms with reality. And I, that's something I've, I've had to learn the hard way big time because, you know, just going back five, ten years in my gaming history, like, and I've kind of touched on this before in the past, like, I wanted to own all my games physical. I wanted all the content to be on the disc. If they released a DLC, I wanted them to make sure they put out a physical copy that had the DLC built in, so I could buy that edition. I wanted, I, I very much wanted to like. Remember when Game sure. of Thrones like shipped physically with like episode one on the disc, and the rest was all downloadable? I don't remember that. Yeah, I think that was it. Maybe it wasn't the Game of Thrones Telltale game, but it was one of the other like Telltale. Oh, like, oh, the Telltale one. Yeah, yeah they did all of them. Do that. All yeah, I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, anyway, go. So, ahead, yeah, so I w I'm very, I was very anal about that stuff. Like for me, it was about like preservation and making sure that no matter what happened with servers or company decisions, I'd have all my games Nuclear safely. Fallout. Yeah, <laughs> and of all my games safely there, you know. And then as time went on, things kept. You know, I didn't want to. Things kept changing, like. When MCC came out and it was broken, I this is how obsessive I was, guys. I after it had got like a couple fixes, you know, we're like into 2015. I deleted MCC off my hard drive, went offline, and reinstalled from the disc to see if I could use the disc. Like, if would the disc actually hold my games, you know, without requiring the date, uh, the update? And Halo 4 had this thing; it would, it would crash. Halo 4 would just crash. It was on, it couldn't even play it. You know, and there was all kinds of glitches and stuff. So, I, like, it was kind of like it was it was breaking my mind because I was like, 
Don't break there's my no, heart. There's no way Don't to own. Love me again. Sometimes Josh just breaks on his own. Undo the hurt that you caused when you walked out the door and walked out of my life. Undo the hurt. Anyways. Sorry. Man. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so like, I was kind of, I've been kind of faced with this over the years, like, you know, I talked about midnight launches not being the same anymore. I talked about everyone going digital. I've talked about there being giant 20, 30, 40 gig patches day one. You know, content being blocked off, microtransactions. This stuff's been here for a long time, guys. And while you have every, it, you have good points to say, I don't like gaming like this. I don't. I want it to be like it used to be. I don't want microtransactions. I don't want this. I don't want that. Those are fair opinions to have, but there's got to be a point where you go, that is not the world we live in anymore. You don't have to accept that you don't have to like it, but you almost like you almost do have to accept it. Otherwise, you're going to be hurting for a long time like I was like Halo Infinite is going to the, the fact that they said the multiplayer is going to be free. That's very much them trying to get into that market of games like Apex and Fortnite. Anyone can jump in, have a great time. And, and the truth is. The, these games are only so only somewhat marketed towards the people who played Halo One back at their the peak of their gaming life. You know that there's the if these shadings like these shadings are not they're not new to gamers today. If you're a 15 year old gamer, like you've already grown up with things like shaders and, and microtransactions. Like that's not gonna make or break it for them. Now if they can get on Twitch and stream. Halo Infinite Battle Royale, I'm making that up. I don't know if it's in the game. If they can stream on Twitch Halo Infinite Battle Royale for free and, and you know, all their friends are into it and it's blowing up on Twitch and a lot of people are getting into it, Halo is going to be far more relevant and far bigger than it has been with your typical campaign multiplayer release yeah. before. So yeah. to sum to sum, pass over to you, Josh. I just think it's... A lot of it sucks, you know. I, I agree. Like, I, I don't want to pay for microtransactions. I, I don't want my game to be separated or incomplete. I don't like huge patches. I don't like consistent online. I'm going to tell you guys right now, the, the thing that would hurt me the most is if they came out and said Halo Infinite is going to require a constant internet connection to play the campaign. Because in my head, I would be thinking, that's never a game that I can truly own. I'll feel like it's this server experience that I get to just dip my toes into. Even though that really bother me as much, I understand where Brian's coming from because basically that puts your game on a lifeline. You know, yeah, and that you don't. You, there's no way time. to own that game really. I can't just go offline with my disc and, and play my campaign story experience. So if they come out and announce three months from now, due to blah blah blah, Halo Infinite story or campaign is going to be a consistent online experience. I am going to be really upset, but you will not see me be immature. You will not see me go on uh, 343's page or use my podcast here to to talk about how horrible they are and how malicious they are. I'm not. I'm going to go. You know what, Josh? Man, that it really sucks. I, I don't like it, dude. It's online. Like, uh, like fuck them. That's why. My hype. My hype's down. I don't like this, but you know, I have to accept it, and yeah. that's it. I know we're really on a soapbox here. I think I've pretty much cover what i have to say we can move on when you when you're done josh uh well i mean hey guys let's look at it like this what if hypothetically because we don't even know what if the reason why they have all this you know shader shit is because they've decided hey we're not going to do a crazy butt ton amount of different armor permutations so we want to put more of the customization into the collar you know your, your, your character and the different distinctions you know the way you can switch that up because you know 
Most of the armor, well, in my opinion, for me personally, most of the armor in Halo 4 and 5 was very lacking and uninspired. Now, I know a lot of people like those, so I'm not trying to dispute that or invalidate that. I'm just saying for me personally, like with that kind of quantity, you're going to have a lot in there that just feels kind of throwaway. Or You're or saying less jump. is more in this instance. And less is more. Yeah, thank you. So maybe they're trying to go with more quality over quantity and instead kind of put more of the options into the more the colors. And, and if that's the case, if I'm right, uh, I'm a bit more excited about that. And I would rather have to grind for color stuff because for one, I'm not going to care as much. And I'd rather have it be easier and more accessible to get the armor I want and then kind of have that after concern be how I want my arm to look or, oh, does this match this or whatever. Like that's to me, that's secondary, you know, mm-hmm. and even when we're playing multiplayer anyway, we're red versus blue, you know. So, I mean, it's not like yeah. I, we don't know. We're jumping to conclusions and, and having absolute opinions on things that we haven't even seen in action yet. It's too soon to make that kind of judgment yep. call. and. Like I said, going back earlier in the Waypoint post, they admitted this is clearly not the way they wanted to talk about this stuff, which seems to imply, again, all speculation, that their hand was kind of forced for whatever reason, you know, probably because of the delay and all the promotional stuff. So if that's the case, you got to imagine they were probably prepping for people to not like this because you're seeing it out of context and it's so easy. It's like imagine hearing a certain line Imagine hearing a voiceover by Cortana that gets leaked from Halo Infinite, and it's something she says is very like profound or important or impactful, and we just do not like what's there, that revelation that's there. Mm-hmm. But you're hearing it out of context, and you're writing on... I'm saying, pregnant, I'm, chief. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, uh, I'm not playing this game. I don't like what they're doing. Blah, blah, blah. You're making... You're, you're forming that basis. I think if we had seen someone playing as the Arbiter before Halo 2 came out. Yeah, I mean, people would have people could have written that off. People could have been oh, pretty upset. People would have. What if people heard about really that ending, and it just ends with a cliffhanger? You know, we just have to keep our. We can't be so caring about this again. It's like it's like that thirty-eight special song I, I talked about in the last episode. Hold on loosely, you know. Hold on loosely. Don't let go. If you cling too tightly, you're going to lose control. And when we get into these fandoms, and when we get super enthralled by these things, we do it because we love it and we want more of it. And then the more we're invested, the more we start to get to a point where we can find things we don't like because we become invested and and attached to so much of what's come, right? Yep. So then, Uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna. I was gonna say, like, kind of final final point for me is just if you like the shaders, that's okay. That's valid. If you don't like them, that's okay. That's valid. And if you don't like them and you want to tell three four three. Even if you think 343's made a bad decision, that's also okay to think. Maybe maybe you think they've really made a mistake here. I think that is completely acceptable to have that opinion, but I don't think it's acceptable to be disrespectful, period. You can you can voice those things, voice those concerns, and you cannot like 343 for making this decision, and that is okay, I feel like. But to be disrespectful, there's just never there's just never an excuse for it. Like I, I understand we live in a world where and it's also the internet, like people are gonna be disrespectful every day. I mean it's going to happen. And I'm not saying that it shocks me or surprises me. I'm just saying objectively be respectful. That's it. You know, so yeah. we'll see what happens. No, absolutely. I completely agree with that, dude. I just remember guys like, remember when we played games when we were younger and this shit just dropped, 
you know, when we got it for Christmas or a birthday or we saved up our money and, and got it or something. And like we played the game and maybe we read it in magazines, you know, before we actually got the game in our hands. But like there was a simplicity and not having every bit of information given our way before we actually got the game in our hands and not having time to scrutinize that, having it fall under a microscope. I know we love Halo. I know we're so excited and we're so tired of waiting for this game and just the next era. But we can't let ourselves be so excited and passionate that we're twisting that passion into toxicity, you know, and what we're squeezing it into that to the point that we're getting upset in a make or break way over something as simple as color options for our Spartan characters in multiplayer. We don't even know if they're having a battle royale. We don't even know what the multiplayer looks like as a whole. We don't even know if Warzone's coming back. We know next to nothing. It's totally, again, it's totally valid to get to, to not like these things. It's There's going to be things the campaign Brian might not like. There's going to be things in the multiplayer I might not like. We're going to talk about those things, and we're not above that stuff. It's just we have learned so much through our own experiences you know, that it's just not good. When you, when I got that way with Rise of Skywalker in summary, guys, when I reacted that way, I was so upset that I was already writing off a movie in my head before I'd even seen it. And when I went to see it, I thought, okay, I still don't like a lot of this, but I actually had a lot of fun, and this is still a movie that I really enjoy, and I still love it. I'm not saying that's going to work in this situation. I'm not saying it's always going to work in every situation, but we just can't let these opinions turn into absolutes where we're making or breaking our experience over something like that. Let them show us the game more. They're trying their best to do what they can in a weird time. And not just a pandemic, but in also the midst of a delay when clearly everything is showing that this game was intended to come out. They're trying. you know, And I think we just have to try to give them the benefit of the doubt in a constructive manner because they have shown that they do listen. But if you're upset with this and you don't like it, you're it's it's counterintuitive to go about it the way a lot of the, the community has. And I'm just disappointed to see the community reacting that way. Everyone wants to have their hot takes and opinions. And that's another thing too. I mean, it just sucks that everyone feels like, I have to talk about this because then you create that. You're kind of adding to that hysteria. Brian said that on a previous episode, but like, you know, even us talking about it, we're kind of adding to the pot. You know, we're kind of adding some seasoning to it. So, but we choose to do it through the podcast, not Twitter. That's true. Because on Twitter, we can't fully break down. There's only so many characters. And, And I think to be fair, if you talk to most of those people, you know, they probably wouldn't be so negative and toxic through their voice if you were just talking to them and trying to empathize and, and hear them out. It's just Twitter's got a character limit, and it's as such, it's full of hot takes and, and initial gut reactions. But overall, uh, you know what, guys? We'll see, we'll see what happens. I mean, who knows? I, I'm indifferent to it right now, but I can completely understand why people don't like this, and I can completely understand why some people are kind of interested in it. And I just, I don't know. I am, I'm so eager to see what this multiplayer is like and just to see more of this game overall. Because of those, uh, what, 10 minutes or whatever we got, it was it was fun, but it wasn't enough, right? So, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I'm trying to be be reserved and, and see. I, I want to be excited, and I'm cautiously optimistic as I am with all these things as I get older. But I'm just trying to remember why I play video games and remember 
to sort of pick my battles with things I like and dislike because uh, some of that is just not healthy for us. And like Brian said, in the grand scheme of life, things like caller options just doesn't seem worth getting upset over. Yeah, I, I think uh, something I've seen not people that throw, upset over. I've, I've seen people throw around uh, the term before. Uh, toxic positivity, and I've seen every now and then a couple people have called called us that on Twitter, and I think there's definitely is such thing as that, but I, I think it's a little disingenuine um, to say that we're that because I think we've just made it clear here that um, I, I don't think it would be any benefit to us going on Twitter and saying the coatings are great, can't wait, you know, like there's we're just saying that there is a proper way to go about you know, yep. being just dissatisfied. Yeah. So we, we would never like advocate to just always back up three, four, three, no matter what they do and always like everything. We're not like that. We just, we just lean on the positive stuff. We don't usually comment too much on the negative. And then when we get in the show, we, we voice our actual opinions. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I was upset MCC night. I mean, I was pissed, you know, and livid and, and Brian had a hard time with Halo 5's campaign you know, Brian's already spoken about how upset he'd be if Halo Infinite required an internet connection for the campaign. You know, uh, I've talked about other things, and, and, you know, I mentioned the Star Wars stuff. It's not because we've somehow gotten over that hill and, like, we're above that, and, and we want to see other people be the same. It's that we're all susceptible to that. And you can you can become self-aware and, and get to a point where you're able to pick up on those moments when you're feeling those certain things and kind of get in touch with yourself and say, why am I feeling this way? Yeah. You know, and talk to yourself the way you'd want someone to talk to you. Right. But have, have your own little sort of therapist session. But you know, that's the important thing. And, and that's, I think for me and Brian, what we're trying to do here, because I think we both kind of feel indifferent. We see both sides of it, but we're not leaning either which way. And some of that is because we've seen how we can get with things before. And we don't want to be like that. And this doesn't feel like the right thing to get that vocal yeah. about. I think if I had to choose just because it's simpler, you know, if somebody had asked me, like, when development started, I would say, let's just do the colors the same. We've always done it because it worked for me the last yeah. time. But the fact that they're shaders, I'm not ready to, to die on a hill saying they're bad either. I just think, you know, yeah, you know, I figured it'd be regular primary, secondary colors, but I, I guess we'll see, you know. Yeah, so. uh, I guess for me on that, final thoughts is I, I am okay with it. Like for now, I mean, maybe when I do see something in the multiplayer, like I actually won't like it. Yeah. But as of right now, I'm okay just because honestly, none of that really matters because I'm 32 years old, guys. And uh, the thought of kind of grinding for every unlockable just isn't as fun to me now at this point in my life. You know, you get older, you start feeling bodily pains, uh, you get more gray in your hairs, you know, life gets more serious. You start thinking about. Uh, who you're going through life with, uh, who you want to go through life with, uh, light with. <laughs> you start thinking about all these things that matter to you more than kind of grinding for these unlockables. And it's not to say, it's not to invalidate and say those are wrong because they're not. If that's something you want to do and you're passionate about 100%, hell yeah, do it. I'm just saying for like me personally, when it comes to the multiplayer stuff, uh, I would love for clans to come back and to actually have clan battles and have the secret icon community uh, go go up against other people. You know, and that'll be a bit of a bummer if it's not in there. But for me, uh, when it comes to this, the, these collar permutations and shader stuff, like it, that's not affecting me as much because I just, I know I'm biased, but I don't think I'm personally going to want to invest that much time into that aspect anyway. And I we'll see. Be, 
Yeah, I think there'd be a lot more. It'd be a lot more valid right now if three four three came out and said your Spartan can either be red or blue. Like, yeah. You know, because then it's like you know, then then we have like right now we don't have concrete details. So they come out and they're like, okay, you'll be able to choose from one to three color options. Yeah. Wow, that's limiting. Why? That that seems crazy. Even saying that, even saying something as extreme as that, I still think there's a level in which you you realize that this is a game and it's color options and there's yeah. still reality. You know, the um, last thing I'm going to say on this and then we can move on, I promise. We've probably said last thing like 12 We have, now. we Go have. Ahead. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but this is it, it, good to, to hack. It's been an all-week issue and like we haven't talked about it amongst ourselves at all. We haven't talked about it on, on, the, on Twitter. So this is it right here. Yeah. Uh, when Halo 5's like beta came out and then the full game came out, I just never, I never was big on the UI. I don't think a lot of people were. I didn't like the UI. wasn't a fan of it. It didn't look clean. It didn't look aesthetically pleasing. Um, you know, maybe some people like it. Again, not to invalidate any of that. Just speaking for me personally, I uh, never liked it. And you know, something I love about the original is just how clean and simple it was with the halo up there, and then you have the ring in the background, and you hear the the Gregorian chants, and it was just fun. It was cool. And Halo 2, all these menus, you know, these menus are nostalgic for us too, you know, because you sit in that main menu waiting for your friends to hop on or you just leave it playing in the background and it's like white noise almost. And and that stays with you and it goes into your brain and it just kind of cycles on like a washer (laughs) on spin. But, you know, something like that, like let's say we see the UI for Halo Infinite, you know, uh, like a menu navigation you know, what if that's something we chose to get upset about? And it's just, you know, at the same time, even though we maybe don't like it, is that really going to matter in this game? To, you know, is that something really worth getting in a fuss about? And I know there's probably some of you guys that are saying, yes, and here's why. Or when it comes to the shader stuff, like, well, you guys are not considering this or not considering that. Don't get us wrong. We're not trying to invalidate anything. We're not trying to not consider this or this. You know, everyone plays these games for different reasons and gets different things out of them. But in summary, which I've already said before, you know, I think we should just pick our battles and, and be constructive about this kind of thing. Because if you don't like it, I I totally understand that. But uh, I think it's a shame to see the Halo community go about it the way they have. And I can see why people outside of the Halo community at times can say the Halo community is toxic. Because from my point of view, what we have with the Sacred Icon community and just the people outside of it that we've gotten to know, everyone is so nice and so welcoming and helpful and just friendly but you have so much of it on that other spectrum. It hasn't been fun on Twitter the last few days. No. Because everywhere you go, like I said, everywhere you go, it's just been been about the the codings. But anyways, guys, to move forward, let me say this clear as day right here, just so you don't have to worry. There will be no Shadows of Reach spoilers in this podcast. Yes. But I'm I'm briefly going to, I have read it and finished it, and I'm just briefly going to touch on it. In typical fashion, Brian being the bigger Halo fan, that dude went through it super fast. I, I had to know what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, Consume. So, um, a couple things I'll say on it that I really liked without any spoilers um, is that I, I think I mentioned this on the Twitter. And, um, to me, the book does a really good job of recontextualizing the state of the universe after Halo 5 into something that's actually cool. Because when I finished Halo 5, I thought, okay, Halo has now become... You know, we fight Skynet from Terminator or something. Like, we fight. <laughs> it's just, like, AIs. You know, I'm like, this is stupid. This is sci-fi channel This is, I don't like this. Um, but Poor sci-fi what, channel. Yeah. Hey. But what, uh, <laughs> like, sci-fi channel's official Twitter, like, goes on Sacred Icon. Like, that was bullshit. 
That was dirty. Uh, you didn't have to do yeah. that. Um, but after reading Shadows of Reach, what I feel like that Reach book does. Nuts, oh, man. I feel like if I didn't do a hit me up with the sound, he wouldn't do that. But we're going to perpetually do this forever. <laughs> it's like a battle. <laughs> a war of the sounds and nuts. <laughs> um, I think Shadows oh, of Reach. I love it. Puts us in a really good place uh, for Infinite because, um, once again, not spoiling anything, this is just taking what we know from the front cover of the book and the Infinite gameplay and everything. Um, Halo Shadows of Reach very much props up the whole Cortana Guardian situation from Halo 5 as this really background threat that's persistently watching. It's almost like the book Shadows of Reach plays out not focusing at all on Cortana or her guardians, but alluding to the fact that, yeah, this whole galaxy is suppressed right now by her presence. Um, and then the book, you know, the the actual enemies that are there fighting in practice are your more typical enemies. You know, we've we've seen an infinite gameplay, you know, a covenant or, or a covenant that are now renamed into something else or the banished. So what the book does is it very much brings the state of the universe to being back on, on down on its luck like it was when we started playing Halo. And it makes Cortana and her guardians this very exterior threat that's just kind of like persisting over your shoulder at all times. And then all the interactive moments are between the characters we love and the aliens we love fighting. And I just think by the time I finished the book, I was just like, I love this. Like, I legitimately love this. It doesn't mean I think Halo 5 had a good story. I'm just saying they took something bad and they've made something really cool with it. You know, I, I'm, I'm excited for Infinite and I'm also excited about how Halo 5 story threads play into Infinite. I think it's cool. And I'm on Chapter 3. <laughs> <laughs> He's on Chapter 3. Yeah, there, so, I'm listening to the audiobook because I, I the next time I stop in at Walmart, I'm going to pick up the actual book so I can kind of read it, but... I'm just listening, you know, kind of chipping away when I can at work, and it's interesting so far. So I mean, there's uh, I'm not going to talk about anything, but it's uh, there's some definitely some cool things in there so far, and I can see why people are loving it, and yeah. you know, I'm going to get more into it because anytime I've listened to audiobooks like this, they're like 14ish hours. The meat and potatoes really kind of get spread throughout, you know, and so it's really cool to pick up on those moments as they happen. But Brian, for you, you know, I've seen you not like Halo after Halo Five for a while. And I've seen you, you know, come back around just prior to us starting the podcast. Is this has this helped you like genuinely get back into Halo in a way that like makes you really like care? You yeah, know, not to say yeah, you've really, before, but you know what I mean. I really would say it, it has. Um, this book to me does everything that you'd want it to do. Um, like, uh, does this get you more excited about what's to come? Yeah, it gets me way more excited. Like I said, it makes Halo Five story seem. Like, I'll, I'm not going to say Halo 5's story in a vacuum, like playing Halo 5 is better, because it's but it still the same. It, correct? It, it, yeah, it makes it me feel like, it's almost like we walked through a swamp to get to the, you know, the shiny, grassy end on the, on the other side. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's like, okay, we, we, we paid our dues with Halo 5, but now we have this really cool setup for uh, Shadows of Reach and Infinite. So what you're telling um, me is this whole experience has been like 343 Guilty Spark? <laughs> you're like going through the swampy... Level and you're coming yeah. out of it. Oh yeah, basically. Chief. Basically. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't read you, Chief. No. And you have that one guy about, like, that's people... He's like, shit, get me. She's like, I don't give a fuck about you, little man. <laughs> some about some about women marines screaming in Halo is always weird. Just like Halo, Halo Three, you know. 
That's why I'm so glad we got Palmer. I understand that not everyone's the biggest fan of her, but man, she's just so strong that she didn't have that kind of like wild and out shit. Yeah. You know? So, Um, but yeah, I think when you read Shadows of Reach, there's so many moments that happen. You're like, I wanted that to happen. And there's, it's, I'm surprised at how many characters throughout Halo's history are mentioned, at least mentioned in the book. Ones that'll just make you very, very excited, very happy to, uh, to hear about so yeah ultimately i it's way too early for me to place this book as like in my favorites or whatnot but but if there's a gold silver or bronze oh it's gold it is gold and i feel like it could be i'm not saying it is but i feel like it could be my second favorite book shit uh because my favorite's fall of reach always the only thing the only thing i think that really makes me not sure is um the forerunner trilogy is 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 God tier? Uh, I, I can't remember if I told you that, but I picked back up on reading that on Cryptum. Okay, good night. Like in my spare time, I'm like, I wish I had Shadows of Reach physically to read while I'm in bed because I don't. If I listen to the audiobook, I'm gonna fall asleep now. Yeah, because I'm just you just drift off. But uh, in the meantime, I've been trying to read more Cryptum and stuff, and I'm enjoying it, so I'm having a really good time. But yeah, I'm looking forward to. Uh, it. Also, guys, also um, we said last podcast we've went back and forth on this a few times now. We said that le- that after the podcast is over, we'll take 20 minutes at the end to talk about Reach spoilers, but um, Josh is working on a special other project for um, for our podcast, so he is not able to read as quickly. So we have something in the works to do book coverage that we will let you know about soon, um, but we actually won't be talking spoilers at the end of this podcast. When the podcast is over, it's over. There won't be any spoilers, so we're just going to go forward with that. Josh, oh, uh, shit, Brian. Well, speaking of some sizzle, let me drop some ooh. straight fire for you. Roll it. Coming soon to the Sacred Icon Halo show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. It's the Haruspis Episodes. What's good, everybody? It's your co-host, DJ Jovial J, coming at you excited as heck to let you guys in on a little sizzly sizzle that Brian and I have been cooking up on the grill here at the Sacred Icon Halo Show. That's right, you guys heard correctly. Mr. Haruspis, a.k.a. Alex himself, is going to be coming on board in a multi-part series of episodes for some three-player co-op action as we take a look back at Halo 4. You guys heard correctly, it's a multi-part series. Now I wish I could sit here and tell you guys just exactly how many we plan to do with this. But to be honest, there's so much to talk about, we don't know! I know, right? The lobby's open, so go ahead and join us as Alex, Brian, and I make a slipspace jump back in time to 2012 when Halo 4 released for the Xbox 360. Not only are we going to be doing breakdowns of the campaign levels themselves, dishing on the multiplayer, and talking about everything else that made Halo 4 what it is today. Are Are you you for real? real? Fucking A. We'll even be talking about Ford Unto Dawn what that was like at the time as being more or less the first Halo movie to ever release, what our thoughts are on it now, and just the euphoria you could feel at that time. We'll also be talking about things like the Forerunner trilogy by Greg Bear and some of the other expanded universe material that came out preceding Halo 4's release. But as if that wasn't enough, we're going to be breaking down every announcement that we can find as they preceded Halo 4's release. We're talking about things like having a new composer that wasn't Marty and Michael and what that meant for us as fans, what that was like for 343 at the time, 
We're going to be talking about things like the vid docs, the making of, you name it. We're going to cover as much as possible, even going as far back as when Halo 4 was just an idea in Bungie's head. It's going to be a lot of fun speculation as to what could have been, might have been. It's going to be a lot of fun discussions about what is, what our thoughts were then, what our thoughts are now. We're going to get into all of it. That's right. So you're definitely going to want to check these out, guys. Again, this is going to be a multi-part string of episodes in which Alex, Brian, and myself dish on all things Halo 4 when it released for the Xbox 360. But until then, if you want to stay tuned for more future updates on this as it happens, be sure and follow us on Twitter at Sacred Icon Halo. Hit us up in the Discord at Sacred Icon Halo. And be sure and keep your ears tuned to the smooth saxophone jammed frequency of Cairo Station 101.3 Sacred Icon Halo Show FM Radio. This is where the fun begins. And we're back. Yeah, so the other thing, speaking of which, uh, Halo 4 recently started its flighting, which is pretty cool. Brian, we're coming full circle with all yeah, this. I, I, you know, it felt like it all happened overnight, but it's been a year almost since Breach went on there. So I guess you could say it's been a while. Been a while. Oh, I love it. So some I see a lot of people especially excited for this one. And I think for me personally, you know, guys, uh, Halo 4 has been such a weird experience for me because I've like I, I I love it, yet I don't, yet I, I really enjoy it, yet I don't, and it's just so back and forth. I, I feel both sides with this game. But its story overall is something I've really come to love. Like just you know the the plot itself, I've really come to love. And I was listening to one one seven at work last night, and I was like, "This is so good." Yeah, you know, like I think really I think Halo Four, I think Halo Four is really good objectively. I think what it is for people like you and me is that while it is really good objectively and it excels in many places, other Halos don't. It doesn't really bring any of that bunginess to it. So it's yeah. always lacking. It's always well, lacking. And I think subjectively, I think at this point, I'm able to be more aware that I think the reasons why I don't, the part of me that doesn't like it at times, it's because the gameplay isn't as fun fighting the Promethean Knights and stuff. Mm-hmm. For me personally. And then the aesthetics are not something I jive with as well at times. But I have come around to a lot of that stuff. And you know what? When I'm fighting Covenant, I still feel, I still have that fun. I remember, guys, uh, I used to when Brian and I sometimes would talk about going to play Halo at his place or something and we were going to play through this campaign or that campaign or we were going to play Reach or something, I can remember thinking, like, there was one point in time, I think the Halo store had these shirts and it was Matt, it was like a brown shirt, but it was a picture of, like, like you'd see on a cereal box of Master Chief scooping up some Covenants in a cereal bowl and it was called Covenant Crunch. And I thought, yeah, like, I just want to shoot Covenant with Brian and just right. fight the Covenant, you know, and that just sounded fun to me. And when I played Halo 4, I still felt that same way. It didn't, it didn't feel different. It, you know, something I was thinking about is that when the original trilogy was coming out, I remember there being a vocal group of people online that said they hated fighting the Flood. They hated it. They couldn't wait till the Flood were out of the game. And I remember being, people being really happy there was no Flood in Reach. And I was somebody who always loved fighting the Flood. I always thought it was a fun change-up. I was glad they were there. But now I know how they feel because I don't like fighting Prometheans and I don't I don't want them in the game. You know, like I, I hope I never see them in Infinite. And that's just my personal opinion. I know many of you listening love the Prometheans and I think that's great. I just for me, they, they don't offer me any joy at all. So I, just, I don't want I don't want them back at all. 
Uh, it reminds me of Marie Kondo. This sparks joy. And then you see a picture of Brian next to Promethean Knights. It's like, this does not spark joy. <laughs> well, I need to make a meme of like, here's something that um, I don't know if he can make it funny or not. Some photon could make. Like, make a meme of like Michael Scott in no! the Halo unit. Yeah, in, no, in the Halo verse, and he looks at a Promethean Knight, and he just stares, and he goes, you are a thief of joy. <laughs> Why are you the way that you are? Yeah. Why are you the way that you are? Um, but yeah, Josh. No, it's pretty cool, but uh, what I was trying to, to, to get to, guys, was just to say that, you know, I, I was actually, for me personally, excited for Halo 4 to get to its stage of kind of getting into flighting and getting to the point of release for PC users, because I just know that there's so much love for this one, having gotten to be a part of the community over the last year. You know, I've gotten to see just the Halo Four is kind of a dark horse in that way, and I, I think it's it's cool to see. It, it makes me. You guys have made me want to love this game more, and that's only helped me look at the positives far more than any of the negatives I have with it. And that's really enabled me to love it. Talking to Kirsty about you know some of the orange in there and why she liked it has really helped turn me around. Uh, hearing Haruspis, reading some of his stuff, you know, uh, and just talking to you overall, like all these different people have really like factored in, and you know, had I not had an open mind about that. And, and just kind of like looked in that direction, I would still be over there hating it and being like, man, it's not a bungee game. Man, the aesthetics are weird. Man, Master Chief's armor changes into cryopon. Man, <laughs> which is all valid, but I'm just saying, like, I. I, you just, I don't know why. You reminded me You reminded me of a little fish from Wind Waker. Anybody who's played Zelda Wind Waker, there's this little fish that you throw bait in the water and he comes up and he's like, Because <laughs> there's no voice acting, just like, <laughs> That's funny, but no, it's uh, pretty cool, guys. Uh, I'm. I'm really happy. I know some of you guys uh, have been getting to experience this. Some of you are very excited to. We're we're so happy for you guys. Like it's so awesome to see this come around on PC because I know so many PC out there, dude. And and it is it is freaking cool. I look back in 2014 and I just think about how uh, overly ambitious that kind of thing was. And at the time, I just thought, yes, I'll take it. Give me it. This is exciting. I'm ready to be there. But I didn't really take the time to think about just how complex of a thing this is to pull off. And now we're at a point where this is not only about to come out completely on PC, but now we have Reach and ODST. We've got Firefight. We've almost got the whole damn package. Yep. Amazing. It's uh think think if they had the MCC, they could have announced originally the MCC was just four discs of 1080p 60 frame individual Gosh. games, you Speaking know. of which, we got Would the have been Series easier. X announcements. 120 frames a second, FOV sliders oh, and shit. Oh, yeah. Baby. Brian, MCC. hit me with that ooh, ta ta ta. Our fans are going to Oh, ta 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 ta. Potatoes? 120 frames? Yeah, guys, if you didn't hear, like, if you have an Xbox Series X, the whole MCC is going to run at 120 frames, native 4K. You're going to have a FOV slider. That's the thing I'm most excited about. And why are you? I care more than anything. Well, because. Mainly because of Halo 3. If you see what people who have been playing on PC have been playing with that field of view, it just makes Halo 3 look like a lot better. A lot better to me. I don't know. A lot less zoomed in, right? Yeah, it just looks so much more. It looks more beautiful. It looks more contemporary. I'm definitely going to mess with that FOV, but I don't even have a 120 hertz TV, so I'm not going to be able to use that. I don't either. Mine's 60. When I realized that, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, and I I don't plan on... You know, I'm gonna have to. I would have to do something crazy to convince my wife to let me spend any more money after getting an Xbox and a PlayStation <laughs> and a games. So, but anyways, guys, it is practically by the time this episode goes up, it's a little early. It is practically Halo 5's fifth anniversary. Yay! Boy, is that weird. Happy to think birthday, about. Halo 5. 
that Halo 5 Guardians is a five-year-old game and we still haven't received the next Halo yet. That's just <laughs> We're insane. still living in the era of Halo 5. We're still living in the era of Halo 5. Like I, I that's a that's a Michael Scott. No! No! <laughs> if you had told me back in well, here's the thing. Truth be told, I'm I'm, I'm in a way I think I think like Haruspus would agree with this because I've talked to him about this as uh, I think he might have said it in some of his articles too. In a way, this five years has been really healthy for Halo fans because some of us who were so disappointed in five have come around to just experiencing that uh, we, we shouldn't let all of our hype and all of our excitement uh, control us. And we, we've come to love the things that we love about Halo even more and accept the things we don't. Um, and, and that's kind of where I think we're going to take this conversation with it being Halo 5 Guardians. I'm, I'm going to try to say Halo 5 Guardians as much as I can because for them adding that subtitle on, no one ever says it. Um, but Halo 5 Guardians... Stop trying to uh, make Halo 5 Guardians happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a game that I have come to honestly love. I've already said it a few times in this podcast. I don't think it had a good story. And I really doubt now that after five years um, that I'm ever going to say the story was good. I can definitely see me saying in the in the future with, like like I mentioned, with Shadows of Reach already. And once I've played Halo Infinite, I might look back and say, you know what, Josh? Halo 5 story is a lot it fits a lot better now. It's, it's 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 a lot better pill to swallow because of what happened in Infinite, what happened in Shadows of Reach. But yeah, I'm still standing true to the fact that I, I think it did not have a very good story. Um, I, I've come to actually really like Team Osiris. You know, I, I actually like those characters. I don't think I wanted to play as them for 80% of the game over Chief and Blue Team, especially since, you know, even with reading, um, Reading Shadows of Reach, and for those of you that have read Oblivion or Silent Storm, I've come to love Blue Team even more, and I'm just like, man, I would have loved to play as Blue Team for so much more in Halo 5, and it doesn't look like we're going to be seeing them a whole lot in Infinite. I don't know. I was just sure, thinking but- at work last night, I was like, I would, I would love if we got, if that's one of the story campaigns, is we get to do some Blue Team stuff. Oh yeah, I'd like to see them. I, I do, I am happy that I'm playing as Chief only, though. I do like that, but um yeah, guys, I've just come around to like Halo 5 so much more. Josh and I liked the multiplayer right off the bat. I still love the multiplayer to this day. To me, it is, you know, I've kind of went back and forth. I think it's the best multiplayer. I think it's my second favorite just because Halo 2 offers so much more in the way of big team battle and doing land parties. So that's that's my all-time favorite. A lot of nostalgia with that too, yeah. Yeah, a lot of nostalgia and just it's so much more able to do different things with that one. But Halo 5 for me competitively, and, and you know, we always say competitively, but I need to back up and say, I, I shouldn't even say that because I'm not a competitive person. I'm not good at playing sweaty, fast games. So it's less... It's not bad at Halo 5. Well, Guardians. it's less about... <laughs> it's less about that it's competitive because it is really competitive. It's just that Halo Five is, feels very satisfying to, to play, very satisfying to move and to kill people. Oh, yeah. It's just a lot of fun. Um, so I've always loved the the multiplayer. Uh, I've never really came around to Warzone. I don't think it's bad. It just never really suited me. And I've 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 started to love the campaign far far more than I did back in 2015. Now, just to clarify for those of you that are kind of going what what. What, Brian? What, you just said, no, no, the story and the campaign. I'm separating those two things. The story is just as bad as it's always been to me, but the campaign, I've really been able to separate that, and I've really come to love that. I know I love the Blue Team's first mission. I love the St. Helios, the, the Battle of Sunion mission. Oh, yeah. I, I, even, I even have had quite a bit of fun in some of the other missions I haven't mentioned, like uh, the first mission with on Genesis with Chief. Um, even Genesis. The first even the first level on Kamchata with uh, Team Osiris. I mean, I, I really just enjoy playing that whole campaign. I think it's a lot of fun. 
I have my issues with it, of course, but it's a beautiful game. Even if you don't like the art style, graphically, it's beautiful. It's uh, the the music. While I don't think it's too inspiring, I think it's it's you know it's all, um, the least for me. Mm-hmm. It's enjoyable. Um, I just start uh, when I look at Halo Five nowadays. I look at it and I go, wow, that's a good game. That's a great package of content. I would probably give Halo Five Guardians a seven or eight out of ten objectively. You know, and the big negative they're holding it down is, is a weak story. Uh, and of course, certain things in the campaign I didn't like outside the story. I hated fighting the Warden Eternal, and I really didn't like the squad mechanics with reviving. You know, I happened to be revived, but ultimately, you know, to pass over Josh, let him say something. Um, it's a great game. I love Halo Five. I'm glad it's here. I wouldn't erase it. And already seeing what Shadows of Reach and Infinite's doing to recontextualize that game, I think it's going to be something that. In the future, people are saying, "Wow, Enhance I like Halo more. Five. Like, yeah, like I, I like Halo Five. Not to pat myself on the back, but I, I mean, I hope I'm right because I'm typically wrong. But I hope it'll be the case of Halo Five Guardians walked so Infinite could run, you know, and, and further in that way, in hindsight, retro retrospectively, like enhance it. Yeah, for me, uh, you guys know we like to get a little bit philosophical sometimes here at Sacred Icon, uh, so this might go a little, this might deviate a little bit. But when you said at the beginning, kind of talking about some of the stuff Haruspis has said before, even like. Having these last five years of just having this be like the relevant game has done a lot for people, I think. I mean, people, a lot changed in our all of our lives from the time Halo 5 came out until now. But then, too, you know, you look at this has really taken a lot of time to just reassess things. And, you know, MCC got better within that time. Halo 5 got a lot of content updates. Uh, I mean, you know, a lot has, has really come out of that time you've had some more books and you've even seen but you've seen a lot skill down too in a good way you like you've seen them go from quality or i'm sorry quantity over quality in some ways i'm not saying that stuff isn't good but there was a lot which seemed awesome but now we've kind of like narrowing down after the reception of five to something more more you know quality over quantity and i think that's why people are receiving shadows of reach so well and are really enjoying it you know it's nice to have waited all this time and have something like that come out and it be enjoyable and it be so good and people be talking about this. What is that thing I keep seeing on, on Twitter? Like, 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 how does it pronounce? Oh, Lecha Tatirite? I can't even say it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't even have the context. It says it a hundred plus but, times in the book. Yeah, you know what? The first, all I'm going to say, because there's no spoilers, but the first chapter I was getting so annoyed because I kept hearing Situation Monitor. I was like, stop with the Situation Monitor, yeah. Troy. Come on, please. Buddy. Yeah. But anyway, uh, you know, it's, it's just good. I think that's another good example of us having time to to step back and reassess these kind of things. Because look, like, you know, when you're in the vacuum of seeing these things come out, you know, sort of vertically or, you know, in a sense of linearity, you know, you're just constantly taking what's coming and you're not really getting the time to sort of look back and, and, and assess things. It's like, you know, it's like uh, you, you got a bunch of problems and you're just constantly having to react to this and not having time to really stop and look back and reassess and reevaluate and kind of approach how you thought about this or how you want to communicate this from a different way. So having these five years for Halo 5 has been very good, you know, and we're seeing this now with Shadows of Reach. We're going to hopefully see this with Infinite, but I think it's been cool to to look back, you know, to really like see where it's come because I just remember the state of everyone after Halo 5 came out. I mean, you could feel the hype like nothing before. I felt like for me 
at that time, it was like coming back to childhood. It was like, you know, suddenly I'm hanging out with Brian and we're doing all these LAN parties, like even before the beta, but this is all in, in hype and lead up to yeah. Halo 5. I mean, even MCC, as much as like, as much as for a lot of us, that was like more exciting than Halo 5, that was the sizzle for what was going to come. You know, that was that was the appetizer for what was supposed they, to be. The, the, they were they were nailing everything with with Halo 5. The marketing from the yeah. beginning all the way to the end was was great, you know. And obviously we've talked ad nauseum about how the marketing didn't represent the game properly, but it was an amazing it was an amazing time to be a Halo fan. All that build up, it was a really exciting. Josh, I was going to ask you if you had to choose what's what's one story moment from Halo 5 you genuinely really liked. There's a moment, I think it's when Osiris is on Meridian. They're in an elevator. Or yeah, I think they're going the down beginning the of the mission. And, yeah, and I think, I don't I don't know if it's Vale or, um, I don't know which character it is. But one of them is talking about, they kind of give some context as to Blue Team. And they talk about how they're family. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're going the elevator back up. Yeah, I'm, okay, mission. that's it. Yeah. So, I love that moment because... I know for me, I was so excited at the thought of Blue Team. As a kid, I always wanted to see Chief have some friends, you know, <laughs> and uh, uh, it was neat to know that we were finally going to get that in the game, mm-hmm. but they didn't even introduce them, you know, it was just, they were implemented in the game with the expectation that you guys have read these books all these years, and while in one sense, objectively from the outset, that sounded cool, the execution wasn't, and it would have been nice if, you know, there was a way of like kind of introducing these guys in the game in a way that didn't feel like it was ignoring all this history we've known about them, but also sort of being a balancing that, you know, balancing yeah. what, what's come before, but also just kind of introducing them for new players. And that little context that we get um, kind of fills in this mental headcanon, you know, that these guys, that this stuff really did happen. That's really the only context we get of the history. These, these characters have in the video game. And I just love how they mentioned that they're like family. And I just think of how much, like, you don't see Spartans, you know, hugging each other or stuff like that or showing signs of infection and stuff like that. But when I hear that, I just think of how much these characters actually really do care for one another and love one another. And that, to me, is super cool because that's why I like Kelly, Fred, and Linda, you know, and, and like seeing them work with Chief. I mean, it, that to me, that moment and what that did for me in my head was more cool than actually seeing them on screen because only because of the execution. There was no introduction. We're not, we're, we're just, we're supposed to expect that these characters know one another and have this history. We're not really getting the chance to see that develop in an introductory yeah. way for a video game. So that moment for me was my favorite, but it was very cool. That's, that's a really cool, uh, thing to bring up josh and since you did that you've kind of inspired me to pick something more original so because I, I it's really easy to go i love the saint helios plot of helping that the would be my second choice cover. for sure so the other thing i really enjoy is i don't know if i can describe it accurately but from the moment you leave sunion and the mission starts with you running down the side of a guardian you know which one i'm talking about that that section of the game does a really good job of of making me feel like I'm in the final epic moment of a story, of an experience. Mm-hmm. Like some games, you know, they either, or some games or movies, they either fizzle out slowly or like, you know, they don't, they don't do that ending the way that you'd expect. But it feels to me like very much from the moment I'm running down that Guardian to when I'm landing on Genesis to try to find Blue Team and I interact with Exuberant Witness and she's a cool character. 
and there's all these enemies and I'm trying to get to blue team to save them. And then there's that whole very ending sequence where you're like, do you remember this, Josh? Very, very end. Last thing you do in gameplay where you're crawling towards that like switch to stop Cortana from taking off with the crypto. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're like crawling mm-hmm. and you're like Locke is almost well, if you're playing as Locke, it actually it accounts for who you're playing as who actually presses the switch in the cutscene or whatever. Um, but you're crawling towards it, and you're giving everything you got to save Chi. Crawling um, in my skin. Yes, dude. <laughs> Brian's like, I like that one. That is that <laughs> is up though, there. That's, but um, no, you know, of course, there's there's plenty of things I, I I don't like there that happen in those missions. But there's just this really cool finality of running down the Guardian, meeting Exuber Witness on this foreign or this ancient this planet you don't know about, and. Uh, Chief comes over your comm. You know how the hell did you get here? You know, and like uh, you, you're trying to you're trying to save Chief from the cryptum, and and it's just got this cool kind of like finale to it. You know, I'm not saying it was the most satisfying at the time, or it is now. It had a but sense of epicness going. It did. It had this. I mean, running down the Guardian when I first did that, I was like, holy shit, this is epic. This is really genuinely epic. I thought it was so cool. Um, also, I just want to give a shout out to the Halo Five Guardians. Um, I know they get a lot of crap, and now because of the resurfacing of Bungie's model of the Guardian, people are hating on the Guardians. I think they look cool. You know, I, my problem is with the story of that game. You know, I'm not. Sometimes, sometimes you hate something so much that you start dissing on things you don't actually hate just because they're associated. I think the Guardians you can use look it as cool. justificative fuel. Yeah, yeah. I go, okay. I hated Halo Five story, so you know the Guardians look stupid. No, they didn't. They actually looked really cool to me. I. I I think the Guardians are a great idea for the universe, a great uh, enemy, a great threat. Uh, just, you know, of course, I would have liked it to have been done differently in Halo 5. But ultimately, to conclude, guys, uh, I love Halo 5. I enjoy playing it. I even enjoy... There's a level of me that enjoys experiencing the story, despite me knowing that at so many turns I was disappointed. Yeah. Um, but I've really come around to it, and I'm, I'm, it's a part of Halo's history, whether you like it or not. And I think they're doing really cool things with it, and I'm glad to see where it goes. So, happy birthday, Halo 5 Guardians. Yeah, I have had so much fun with the multiplayer, too. I mean, that, for me, was the most multiplayer uh, I've ever kind of played with friends since 2 and 3. And I think even looking back, I probably it's probably the most I've played since 2. Uh, and, and that was amazing, because I didn't expect that at that you know point in my life, 2015, to really have a lot of people come back around. I mean... I'd made some new friends along the way. Like, I didn't know Brian really back in the Halo 2 days, the Halo 3 days. I, bre- I, I knew of him in passing, but that was it. So, I mean, it was nice to, you know, I like, I put it this way, guys. I mean, Halo 5 was really there when I was getting back into video games. There's always this period for me, I always talk about off-air, where I had went through a breakup. And I, at that point, was like, I want to I wanna deal about this healthily. I don't want to, like, let myself just sit and be depressed. And I realized I missed playing video games, and there was so much that had come out that I hadn't really played. So I bought me a new 360 and bought a bunch of new games. Started basically amassing a collection. Got back in touch with Brian, and Brian starts talking to me about Halo, and there goes that. And I'm suddenly back into Halo, and he's like, did you know this Master Chief collection? And I'm like, Master Chief collection? Tell me more. And then we go down that whole funnel, and this goes into going over at Brian's and doing all these hangouts. And suddenly I'm, I'm going out, I'm out of my room and I'm hanging out with friends and I'm laughing. I'm talking about things that don't matter, but they do in the moment. We're eating pizza, having a great time. And this is all sort of leading up to, you know, MCC's release. But then also the, the big buildup, you know, is 
you know, like the final present that you want to wrap for Christmas, the big one that you're saving for last is Halo 5. And, you know, even though that story was something that wasn't well received, I have so many nostalgic memories now of just hanging out with Brian, his brother Creighton, my cousin Justin, us playing the beta, uh, us even just as far back as a couple months ago, you know, playing multiplayer, still getting on there and all the communicating we do, uh, how Brian gets a little goofy at times when he's like checked out. Uh, the way Justin will react to some of that stuff. Uh, Creighton laughing when one of us laughs. Like Brian kept making fart sounds one time, and Creighton just <laughs> you know, kept having that laugh. I can't remember. Uh, I know you guys are hearing this out of context, but my point is, is the multiplayer has always been such a big part of uh, the Halo experiences for me, and I got to have that again with Halo Five, and that's my biggest takeaway, and that's what I'll always be grateful for. I mean, the euphoria you could feel going into Halo 5's release was amazing, and it was great to be back in the Halo community because I didn't really have that with. ODST, Reacher 4, I, I experienced those all after the fact. But 5, I was back. And, but the lasting legacy for me is the multiplayer and how competitive it was, um, but how much fun that made it for me, how stimulating it was, and just all the good memories I've gotten to create with my friends with that. And I know even if... You know what, guys? Probably no matter how good Halo Infinite's multiplayer is, I'll probably still miss the way 5 flows. But I, that's not to say I'm mm-hmm. going to hate infinite multiplier it's just to say that i loved it so much and i'm so grateful for getting to have that experience that i am savoring this last legs that this halo 5 the halo 5 era is standing on as being the relevant halo game because you know even though i want the next game to come out right already and i'm ready to experience the new era halo 5 was actually pretty damn good to me despite what we felt about the campaign it was pretty damn good to me and it really for me, even as a Halo fan, I think more so for Brian, but it really helped us kind of take a step back and uh, obsess a little less and, and look more at uh, the more some of the more important things at life. And that enabled us to come back at a point when we really realized we love this. And I think for Brian, and you can tell me if you're wrong, I think what it was for you overall at the time was every Halo game that had come out that you played, you just loved right away pretty much for the most part. And this one you didn't. And this, so Halo 5 is your acquired taste Halo that it took time. Yeah. Whereas the other ones were almost instantaneous, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I want to I say something that's off topic and then I want to bring it back because you just made me think of it. But I was wanting to say, guys, there is, when you think about it, there is a lot that we don't know about Infinite and a lot that has not been shared with us. And there is infinitely more things that could be revealed over the next few months. Infinite possibilities? That, infinite possibilities. <laughs> That oh, shit. that we might not like. There, you know, shaders might be the least of concerns. You know, we don't even know. We don't know what the multiplayer is like. We don't know how things are going to work. How the you know you don't know if there's going to be something like a battle royale or not. We don't know what they're going to put in the campaign that that's new or unexpected. Like this is a good time to really manage expectations because that's not what I did for Halo Five and it destroyed me. And Halo Infinite, you know, Josh and I are much more able to accept the things that come out because we're not, we don't need this game to fulfill all of our, our needs. Uh, we, like I said, there could be something next week. I mean, the people at 343 right now could be going, oh my gosh, they're worried about shaders. Um, what are they going to react like when we tell them that um, the there's, you know, iron sights in, in, in multiplayer still or something, you know? It, it yeah. could just go any which way. Um the other thing, I'll, we'll get something to say, Josh? No, I'll remember. It's just my final okay. assessment on it. Well, the other thing I want to say, well, I was going to ask you about Halo 5, so you can take you can take it away here, um, is that what would you give Halo 5 out of 10 objectively, and what would you give it story 
out of 10 objectively mm. as a whole product and as a story i'll give it a 7 out of 10 objectively overall uh its story probably a 5 out of 10 4 or 5 out of 10 yeah i give it a 4 for the story and a 7 probably so i'm the multiplayer i'd honestly probably give a 9 out of 10 you know and yeah not giving it a 10 cool. out of 10 because even though I really love it and think it's good and very mobile and, and engaging and stimulating, I understand that that's not for everyone, and I want to be considerate of that. I know, so I know that's only one point, but still, I it's one point I want to take the time to consider. Uh, no, the last thoughts for me is Halo Five. Uh, it, it was great. It's great to have these last five years, just because I, I've been able to go take a step back and really look at this. And it has allowed me to love it. I love the campaign despite not liking aspects of it. It's the same situation as like Last Jedi for me or Rise of Skywalker with Star Wars. Like I can genuinely say I love those now despite also being able to say in the same sentence, I kind of don't like them. You know, there's the there's the disharmony that I'm able to exist within the harmony of, if that makes sense, guys, and, and just enjoy it for what it is. So in the multiplayer, you know, I like, I'll put it this way, guys. Coming, coming into Halo Infinite, I think a lot of us were so crestfallen with Halo 5's story we didn't think we could be excited for another Halo. And it's cool that we've had these five years to just let it exist and let it be relevant and be its own thing. They haven't shoved it down our throats. They haven't tried to force us to like it anymore. They've just let it be there. And while they've silently gone and hammered away on what is to be their next entry. And it's so nice to have had these five years rather than two years or three years and have to really follow that up instantly. And I've had, that's five years for me, I've been able to enjoy on and off playing multiplayer with my friends at this point in my life. And I am extremely grateful that Halo 5 Guardians was able to bring that for me when I thought it was all in the past. And it makes me so excited to play with the Sacred Icon Halo community in Halo Infinite because I know that it's not going to be on and off for me. It's going to be constant. And it's going to be every day I'm going to pop online and someone's going to say, you, you, you got some time? Or, or we're going to be in the Discord talking. I'm so excited what Halo Infinite is going to bring for that. But it's because of what I got with Halo 5 and how that made me realize this stuff doesn't have to be in the past. Last thing is I had a video I shared on Facebook the other day that Brian saw, I think. I don't know if you did. I can't remember now. But it was a Halo Reach sort of midnight launch thing. And it was playing this sad, sappy music, and you're seeing these guys hug one another, and they're jumping and everything, and they're excited, and people are showing their receipts, and they got their countdown timers on their phone. The GameStop guy standing outside the building holding up the, the collector's box, and everyone's cheering, and, you know, it's all this sad music and this nostalgic music, and it just makes you realize, like, those times are gone. But Halo 5, for me, was the experience where I realized it doesn't have to be. And just because we're getting older, and we want to settle down, and all this other shit... You know, we don't have to leave that stuff behind. Society can sometimes make us feel like that, guys, but we don't have to. And that stuff makes us happy, and we're not hurting anybody. So I can't wait to play Halo Infinite with you guys. And I've never had this many friends that I'll be able to play this kind of stuff with, and I've always wanted that. So I'm so grateful for Halo 5 for bringing me back into the fold. It's going to, it's going to, well said, Josh, and it's going to be really cool after we've played Infinite for months or half a year or a year, whatever, we go. Josh, it'll be fun. Let's go play. Let's go play Halo 5's campaign. Like, let's go back and play that. You know, it'll be like this old experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Remember how much we thought this sucked, but dude, we wouldn't have gotten yeah. this in Infinite had it not. Yeah, exactly. This. Yeah, exactly. Josh, you ready for some questions and answers? Hell yeah. On October 27th, 2015, Halo 5 Guardians was released and quickly became the most controversial title in Halo's history. Admittedly, this one took the longest for us to settle into, but we're thrilled to say Halo 5 is a title we've come to appreciate. Happy birthday, Halo 5. Yay! 
Um, so first response we got is from our buddy Nick at King Grunt. Yeah. Nick's awesome. He says, as much as I disagreed with the campaign and the lack of social slayer, I absolutely loved Warzone and the competitive scene. I put several hours into this game and I don't regret any of it. Absolutely. So, absolutely. 100%. Look, I have put so much time into that game. And I think it was John Lennon who said, time you enjoy or wasting isn't time wasted. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But, you know, I, I've never regretted any of the multiplayer time I put in there with friends. It is, you know, you know what I get out of it, guys? What I got out of it with Halo 5, which I didn't with, with others, is that moment where you feel that sense of symmetry, where you got, kind of get to see, like, you, all your friends. You, you, you have this friendship that you know of with everyone. You, you have your, your, like, I have something, I have things with Brian that I don't have with other friends. I have other things with those friends that I don't have with Brian and all this shit. Well, then you bring them all together, and there's like four of us playing together, and we're communicating and working together. And suddenly, there's all this symmetry that happens, and you're firing on all cylinders, and you're all communicating. You're all on the same page. You're all having this bonding experience. And when you're able to overcome this other team, that feels good that you and your friends were were, were better. We're able to best this other team. It's just a yeah. very satisfying feeling. And I get that with every Halo, but I especially got it with five. So well, I love it. there's this there's this cool sense that like when I when I first played Halo Five and beat the campaign, to me it was like this is the Halo that disappointed me. This is the this is the Halo that's not going to have the good memories. <laughs> Halo's dead. But, but what's crazy now in 2020 is because of all the memories I've made with Halo Five, playing you know the multiplayer with friends and all that. To me, it very much feels like a true Halo experience, just the way all the other Halos did. Because when I look back at Halo Two, Three, whatever, Reach, Four, you name it. It's like, I remember playing those games with my friends, doing matchmaking online stuff. It's like, you know what? I did all that with Halo 5 just the same. And to me, Halo 5 has earned its its place in Halo's legacy. You if know? Halo 5 shipped with just Empire and Truth, I would still be playing it to this day. Oh, we had Empire so much fun playing those so for good. hours on end. Uh, next response is from at Kidskull51. Okay. He says, it was a game that definitely grew on me and was not as bad as I once thought. That's where Josh and I are. Absolutely. That's exactly where we're at. Yeah, 100%. I am so glad to be at that point, too. So Time glad. heals all wounds. Yes. Uh, Isn't it great to really, like, have an acquired taste with things? You know? Like, yeah, you don't always love good. things right away, but good. it feels good yeah. to, like, get to a point where you're like, I really, I do like this more than it I It also do. gives you hope for other things that, like, oh, maybe that one thing I currently hate I could love eventually, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, Luke Abandon in Place says, The story may have issues, but overall, despite being my least favorite entry in the series, I still quite enjoy Halo 5. Oh, perfectly said. Yep. Perfectly said. We're pretty yep. much on the same page. It just feels feels good to have all these responses of people saying, you know, that game did have some problems, but man, I really love it. I'm really glad it's here. You know, yeah, It's I mean? nice to have that legacy, isn't it? Uh, here yeah. we are at the backbone of it, and people are sort of... Uh, you, know, you know what it reminds me of, Brian? It reminds me of this uh, silly Ninja Turtles meme. Where it shows the, all the Ninja Turtles as little babies, and it shows Master uh, Splinter as like sort of the the dad, you know, if you will, kind of like walking them, training them. And then at the the, the second photo is them all grown up and walking him as he's old and a bit more geriatric. And, and it's sweet because it's like that's kind of what I feel with Halo Five. It's it's kind of it's older now. It's kind of ran its course of its lifeline. It's it's coming to an end, and we're it's, it's not to say it's dying. <laughs> it's not to say yeah. it's dying, but because that'd be very grim. But it's just to say that Rest now, peace, now that Infinite is about, to, <laughs> now that Infinite's about to come out, it's nice to see everyone come back around and say, you know what, we really appreciated everything you did for us, and like you've been great. I think the have... game's only going to be more appreciated in time. I mean, obviously, there's going to be people it's who aging, play Infinite. It's aging like wine. Really yeah, is. people are going to play Infinite. There's going to be people who play Infinite and go, wow, this is a Halo game. Halo Five was garbage, but you there's going to be plenty of people who go, Halo Five was good. You know? Yeah, I'm gonna say this. 
though you know what i don't like really my, my one takeaway now guys which is you're gonna think it's so silly but I'm, i think a lot of you guys probably be able to agree the main menu bugs the crap out of me because not being done just because the ui isn't my favorite but because the damn music gets so loud at some points if you're just sitting there Holy shit. It's like, it's like this. It's like, calm down. Calm down. Yeah. 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 That's oh. my least favorite Halo menu. I remember Ju- I'd be chatting with Justin sometimes, and he'd be like, Jesus Christ. He's like, I got to turn the, hang on. He's like, and I would hear it echo through my headset. <laughs> I can hear it on his TV because it was so loud. Yeah. But that's my, I guess that's my gripe with Halo 5 at this point. I still miss yeah. a, a, a regular big team battle, but, you know. So much time yep. has passed. That's why it's one main, pretty much the main reason why Halo Two gets to be my number. Run one stuff. Re- real quickly. Uh, I don't mean to deviate real quick, but why for you is Big Team Battle such a big deal? Because uh, it's like the mode that I like to play when I just kind of want to screw around, and have fun. You know, yeah. I like to just like, oh, I'm on Coag or um, you know a terminal, and I'm I driving a warthog around, just driving right into people, risking the fact that I might get stuck with a grenade, but I don't care because it's fun. You know, just it's just it's just good. Big scale fun, and I just I know you can get that with Warzone and Halo Five, but it wasn't the same for me. Yeah, big team, and, uh, I, I like Warzone, and, yeah. and I I would still agree with you. So big team yeah, big team great. battle needs to have a great focus in Infinite, in my opinion. Regular regular big team battle, like if they want to include things like more Warzone or, or a battle royale, that's fine. But there needs to be a dedicated big team battle that you can tell they actually put time into. Absolutely. Um, the next response is from at Thameta Two U One. Okay. says, okay. when I first played Halo 5, I hated it. But now, when I play it, I kind of love the game. Yes, it's kind of competitive, but I can deal with that, and I have fun playing Halo 5. Yeah, we don't we don't always cover that a lot. Like, we acknowledge it, but because we enjoy the multiplayer for what it is, you know, we just kind of focus on that. But, yeah, we totally get that. Not, it's not for everyone because of it. It's, it's kind of more sweaty-focused. But, you know, um, I, I know a lot of people. I think it was uh, Anthony said he liked, was it Fiesta? Or maybe that was Dustin. But there's been a couple multiplayer modes that I know some guys in the community have really enjoyed and, and stuff like that. And Warzone was, you know, whether you, you, you take it or leave it, you know, it was a cool concept that they tried to do. And I, I, I think they're, even though it is overall competitive package, there's still some some niche things to really enjoy about that yeah. multiplayer. Experience. I think it's I think it's so funny how like how consumers and media, what we often do is go. I hated Halo Five, and you look at their logged hours, and it's like 378 hours, like. It's not really possible to hate something that you spent that much time in. And I've done it. I've been guilty well, myself of saying, like, you know, I hate this movie and I want to play devil's advocate. At least that gives them a, a more viable uh, validity true. to their opinion as opposed to someone who's like put in five hours. That's true. You know, that's so true. That. Yeah. Uh, next response is from Sir Spookington. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing Spooky that's Spooky, scary skeletons. Uh, I remember having Halo 5 pre-ordered and being so excited. I counted down the days, and when I finally got to play it, I spent the entire day looking at the customization and playing the campaign. I was familiar with the controls already thanks to the beta. Halo 5 is really solid. Yeah, yeah man. Is. Yeah. It is super solid. Absolutely, dude. It was uh, really cool. That's always a fun thing to the, do with Halo nowadays, isn't it? Is to really just go navigate the menu and see all the different options that are in there with the customization features. I mean, that's something. The, the beta gave us a taste, and it, and it, it it was, you know, I know there's some differences between the beta and the final release, but when we got the final release, we're like, yeah, this is still that game. I had a lot of fun playing it. I know. Day. Dude, I was so happy when I saw the Nightfall armor that you got if you watched all of Nightfall, you know? Like, I was so happy because I loved how, like, slim it looked, and it didn't look yeah. all bulky and weird and everything. Yeah. And for me, I was like, this is aesthetically pleasing enough. 
and that to date is my favorite. Like I don't, I empathize with anyone who struggled to, you know, maybe their favorite was when you had to grind and grind to unlock, and maybe you never even did it. But like through me, I was like, okay, I'm set with my look. Now I feel like I can really get into this. And I mean, I don't know. This is just me, but I like to think that's why it made me a better player. You know, <laughs> because I was able to just not think about that and enjoy yeah. how my Spartan looked. When I'd go in the save film sometime, guys, I'm like, oh fuck, I look so good right there. Oh, oh shit, look at the way I'm, I'm doing that assassination. <laughs> Damn. Ooh, ta 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 ta. That Spartan oh, booty. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like the worst with customization because when Halo Reach came to MCC, I just went into campaign and wore the standard stuff. I was like, I don't care. It, it means nothing to me. Um, but anyways, next Nothing's response wrong with is that. from. Cade. Cade. Um, oh no, people are starting to like it years after. That's exactly what happened with Reach and Halo 4. Yep. He's got a point. I've said it before. Halo 4, people, I mean, no, there's definitely still people who are like, I hate Halo 4. But Halo 4 was like just seen as this awful addition to the franchise. And then years have went by and it's just people have become so fond of it. It's some people's favorites, a lot of people's favorites. So uh, yeah, I think we just talked about it. Halo 5 is going to be liked more in time. Yeah, I think everything will. Even if Infinite has some issues at launch for people, I think it's going to age like wine. Especially being a service game, the narrative always is it got better. And I think if it launches in a poor state, hopefully it doesn't. But if it does, I'm sure it'll get yeah. better. But hopefully it just launches. Hopefully it launches. Perfect. As long as uh, I get last the whole package, will split it up. I was just talking to somebody at work yeah. about that, Brian, and he's like, he's like, they're trying to do this, and he takes his hands and he separates them, and he's like, but I want this, and I'm like, I'm right there with you, baby. Do not yep. split it and break it up and release it in yep. parts. I need both slices of bread, the peanut butter, and the jelly. I know. I can't I, do I, no I need like, the sandwich, okay? I just don't have want half thing. and half. Last response is from Brayden Nemelka. Okay. I was so excited after seeing the All Hail the Conquering Hero trailer with yeah, the tag Hunt the Truth, mm-hmm. but was so let down. Going to replay it again and see if I like it any better. I brought this one up for two reasons. One, because, yeah, the marketing and the All Hail the Conquering Hero and Hunt the Truth, amazing, amazing advertisement. We all love. We all know it, it didn't line up well with the game, but he also says, going to replay it again and see if I like it any better. That is one of my core principles of my life with everything media. That music, movies, TV shows, everything. Even like Josh, I just I talked about a couple podcasts ago, uh, Haunting the Hill House. I was like, ugh, I've tried it twice. Don't I don't like it. And Josh is like, nah, you got to keep trying it, bro. You'll if you get further, you'll like it. I tried it. You third passed time. that second episode. I tried a third time. I loved it. You know, Oblivion. I've mentioned Elder Scrolls Oblivion before. I played that game. I mean, seven times before I finally liked it, but. If you give yourself enough chance and open mind, you can get into stuff, you know? Yeah, I know it's not for everyone to do that kind of stuff. But to Brian's credit, one of the things I've always liked about him is that he'll do that kind of stuff. If, if everyone is talking about how good this particular game or movie is, and Brian is just either he didn't get that same feeling or he just hasn't had any interest in even experiencing it, he'll be like, okay, I need to take a look at this. I got to see why you know people like this or why everyone's talking about this. And he'll go look. And then he'll come around, and even if he doesn't like it, he'll have actually tried to get into it. But usually, more often than not, Brian's like, wow, I love this. Or, yeah. this was actually not too bad. Or, okay, now I get where everyone's talking about. I and played Final Fantasy VII the first time this year, and I was like, this game is well, got that's your. That's probably your game of the year still, right? Still my game of yeah. the year, yep. And you know what, for me, I beat, too... I like, beat Crash Bandicoot 4, and it was great, but... It didn't quite hit that high still, despite... It well, I mean, it's just, it's just more Crash, you know? It's just more jumping on crates and taking out bosses, which they did a phenomenal job. A great game, but... And for me, you know, I, I'll... Like most of the time, uh, when when I do movies, I don't know if you guys see on Twitter, but sometimes I do movie reviews and stuff like that. Well, I'll always try to watch movies I haven't seen, 
you know, because people, I'm so used, I'm so used to my life uh, experiencing people being like, you haven't seen this movie, or, or, or you know, all that kind of yeah. shit. And it's fun to get these experiences, uh, for better or for worse, and just see why people to, to get a to get a different look at it. And and even in general, just watching stuff like I just watched Batman Forever recently, and I'm not saying it's objectively the best Batman film, but subjectively, I think it might be my favorite now. And I just <laughs> never ever would have thought that before. So it's nice to go back and re-experience things because even if you don't come out loving it chances are you're going to come out liking it than you initially did yep all right josh let me get us out of here so we can move on to i don't want to go things i, I know some, somebody right go. now like, somebody right now is at work leave. and they're like i got seven more hours bigger boys with brian in the sacred icon family Ooh, sacred like, I I okay i got save, save it for the end josh okay. save it for the end all right all right <laughs> Go sit in your corner. No. <laughs> um, all right, guys. We're going to go through these quick. Thank right. you to our patrons. Cody O, new patron. Thank you so Cody much. Cody O, you know what? There's nothing better I love in the morning. You know, I have my I have my Halo Whore Mel at night. My Halo Whore Mel chili. But you know what gets me starting off my day right? Is a nice bowl of Cody O's. Nothing Cody O's? They sound, they sound like they would have like a, a chocolate and creaminess. I don't know. Chocolate and creaminess? Okay. That's cool. Okay. You got, he's probably sitting at home and he's like, Mom, you got to hear what these sacred boys said about me. This is how chocolatey and creamy hey, like sincere. <laughs> thank you so much, Godio. Joshy Big Boy, Ryan Joshy. Barka. Nice, thank you. Thank you. Dustin Mondre. Anthony Nicolosi. Thank you, buddy. Corey Hanks. Thank you. Our boy Kilimanjaro. Love you, man. Thank you for Dude, that. Dude, did you know? <laughs> get this. Get this, guys. This is going to make y'all very jealous. Those exclusive Halo Infinite Slurpee cups that are only in Canada... Our boy Kilimanjaro sent us some. They're on their way. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. That that dude. That's, you, guys, that's legendary. I mean, you guys don't get to see it, but um, we're always sipping some beverages as we record and stuff like that. So every time I, 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 hey Josh, what is that? You got Estrum? Oh, I got. What got you going with today? Yeah. Um, <laughs> next we got Oni BB. Love that meme. Oni baby. Um. Next we got some protein jug. Protein jug. Hey, don't we have a review from from Mr. Protein? Oh shit! Yeah, we're gonna get to that after. I'm glad you brought that. While up. you while you pull that up, we got MH cosplay dropping through the ceiling. We got our boy Genesis, we love so much. Yes. Ian Big Dog Mills, yes. Nick Ray, baby, Jondon. We're hoping you get to see more of him soon, as well as our other buddy, who's also our moderator, Cole Dreyer. Uh, we got Trevor Pokey. We got the Shipleys. Can't wait to watch Wandavision, and it's all because of you. Uh, Dust Storm from Podtacular, straight podcasting legend, Glass, and Josh. The man who sold Justice League and knew and needed more, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's Matthew Salvatore. Gotta say Thank it. you so much, guys. Your patron, uh, patronship, you know, it's your support. Your patronism. Your patronism <laughs> and patronage and support overall has meant the world to us here at the Sacred Icon Halo family. If you we guys wouldn't be what in. we were. What we are, I said. I said we're like it's past tense. We're way beyond the good times now. <laughs> I just pictured you. I don't know why, but you talking like that. I just pictured you using an outhouse and like your pants are down, but you got spurs on your boot and you poke your butt while you're tying tape <laughs> shiitake. <laughs> All right, guys. That's if you want to support us, you that, can support us on Patreon.com. <laughs> Josh, you're ruining my spiel, bro. That's your fault, um, baby, for bringing that shit up. Because you got Literally. that spur booty. Oh, that spur man. booty. Uh, Patreon.com slash Sacred Icon Halo. You can you can uh, sign up for as low as a dollar. We got swag we send you guys. Uh, we mention your name on the podcast. But if you don't want to help us out monetarily, 
just tune into the podcast is awesome. Sharing us on Twitter, uh, leaving us a review on iTunes, which Josh is about to read off our most recent review. Um, if you guys want to hit us up at sacrediconhalo at gmail.com for some kind of long-form email, you can hit us up there. If you want to talk to Josh, he's at JovialJoshy on Twitter. I'm at Brian's Bain. And as always, the best place to reach us is at Sacred Icon Halo on Twitter. We also have a Discord. Everyone is welcome. If you want to come in there and chat with us about all things Halo or anything else, everyone's welcome. Uh, give him a virtual hug. Yeah. So uh, come on over to the Discord. Um, Josh, let's go ahead and let's hear that review. Yeah, from our buddy Protein Jug. <laughs> we got some Protein Jug. Uh, Protein Jug said, favorite Halo podcast. First off, thank you. Uh, it said, Brian and Josh provide a nice take on Halo and how Halo has made an impact on their own lives. If you're looking for a long, juicy podcast to satisfy your Halo needs, look no further. You have found a positive place where everyone is welcome to express their love for Halo. Check out their Discord, too. Thanks, Brian and Josh. I look forward to every Saturday with you guys. Well, we look forward to you hearing this today, buddy. Thank you so much, yeah. man. That was so kind. He's already a patron, and then he goes and leaves a review. I mean, that's just... Oh! That means so much. We also have... YouTube.com slash Sacred Icon Halo. Sorry to get in on your thanks, Protein Jugs, but I remembered because of you. So we'll come about. Protein Jugs, you make us laugh so consistently. It's actually weird saying your name normal because usually it's like, I got some protein. Yeah, Brian says it that way every time, and that on top of the name just makes me laugh because of the mental image. But, hey, man, thank you so much. Uh, You know, guys, it it really does mean a lot, and it really does give a lot of fuel in our tanks uh, when we kind of just hear what you guys kind of get out of the show. And I think... Uh, Anthony, if you're listening, uh, you know, DC Outlaw on Twitter, uh, you were talking on Twitter recently just saying how you know you enjoy some of the the humor, you know, the lightheartedness, the back and forth and stuff like that that we have. And that's what, uh, for you, you you really get out of it uh, for us. And, and, I mean, just hearing that stuff specifically for us guys means a lot and, and is really validating. I mean, you know, keep in mind sometimes when we have these discussions and stuff, we don't know how this stuff is going to be received, whether or not this is being enjoyed. It's, it's when you guys tell us that stuff that we really get to hear it and know so it means the world. However you what's guys really choose cool to express I, that. What's really cool is it feels like we definitely have our, our place amongst other Halo podcasts. Like you go to you go to one podcast for one thing, you go to one podcast for another, but when you come to listen to us, it's like you know, I'm only saying this because several people have mentioned it, but like we're like the we're like the therapy session for, for Halo. <laughs> you know, it's like come let's let's come discover our true Halo feature. The mental health Halo icon. podcast. I yeah, like that. right. Yeah, that's but uh All right, guys, that's another episode down. We enjoyed talking about all the latest news, and we hope you enjoyed. So we will talk to you guys next time. Keep it sacred, and Josh, take us out.